The 2022 Concordia Student Union elections are here, and in collaboration with the Concordian and the Link, CGLO 1690 AM presents the CSU series, where we will showcase interviews with CSU's new team of executives. Here, Mohamed Khan and Zachary Forti of the Link interviewed Elijah Olize, the general coordinator. So I would love to know a little bit more, um, just starting out about you, what made you interested in this position in particular? Mm, that's a great question. So what is interest me in CSU? I was first approached about the idea of running and I actually was going to run for external coordinator position because of the community organizing I'm doing currently. So I was hoping to connect the campus to the to work that I'm doing outside and like really kind of like break down the walls of academia for to develop like a mutually beneficial relationship for students as well as community like uh, members who are particularly part of like marginalized communities to be able to use the, the resources and supports and then like students to have like um, that benefit seen and manifested through their academia as well as their professional journey. So that was my goal. However, I ended up being asked to run for GC within the group. So my the reason why I answered yes to that was because of of like again the same same lived uh, same community organizing experience and what I could bring to the table um and connecting the student body to the outside community as well as like um bringing a fresh perspective to this space um and like hopefully hopefully making it more democratic instead of, and, and less of that bureaucracy getting in the way of, of real work. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of community organizing have you done? What is your history with that? Definitely. So I started working, uh, well, I started volunteering with youth back in 2019 at Youth in Motion with, through workshops and we worked a lot with Concordia and uh, McGill students there. To, like, to do programs and partnerships. And I ended up getting hired at the Roundtable Black History Month in 2020 and help assisting with event planning, as well as like uh, developing some certain programs and being a liaison for the office towards the community um, who were coming to pick up supplies um, like and content that we created. And so that that's where it started. However, throughout 2020, um, I did a lot of organizing of demonstration, protests, and, and uh, community educational workshops, if you could put it like that. And that's kind of like how I jump-started my community organizing experience. Do you feel like there is a, uh, a lack of community around Concordia? And do you think that's something you would want to change as general coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's definitely a sense of community that that certain people could tap into. However, I mean, from my experience, contacting, communicating with those who are part of that community, there's a lack of, of um, connection within that community. It's not developed enough. It doesn't seem organic. And honestly, a lot of people, like, they don't care about the CSU. They just ignore the emails, they, which I don't blame them. Um, and Concordia is downtown where you walk outside of one facility, you walk out the hall to go to the library, you're on the Maison Ave. You know, you go to EV building, you go to JMSB, you're walking through spaces that are shared, not just with students. So 
there needs to be a powerful presence within that space to ensure that the community aspect is there because part of community is through physical space. And, and when we're talking about physical space, we think about the fact that we've been social distancing for what has it been two years? So back, a reason why we, we uh, called our group Back to Basics is really about focusing on that, just that, bringing things back to basics to a way that it makes sense where we're out of altered living and there is a sense of community. So now that we're going back into, we're going in this direction, I think it's important to really invest more heavily into how we, and how we can build community uh, with a, like a real connection within Concordia. So people are not like finding out about alumni of care, uh, sorry, alumni of Concordia only after and how that could do good for them. But like, how can you take advantage of your experience and your time in while you are in Concordia? Um, you know, more groups, more clubs, more events, like things that students really want and to democratically get involved and engage within the CSU. And what we're doing is a way to ensure interest and ensure that people are actually engaged in the community. And that's that's a lot of what, uh, what I want to do. So you mentioned earlier that you're not the type of person who necessarily craves the spotlight 24 seven. Yeah. Uh, what kind of leadership skills do you think you can bring as the head of this team? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I like this guy. Um, leading by example. I mean, I can never tell somebody to do something if I'm not going to do it myself, as well as delegating and ensuring that everybody's heard out and the process of decision making is engaged, is, is, is in, there's, there's, nobody's really being left out and people are being heard within that process. Um, I'm, I'm very much based in action. And I do believe there's time to talk and to prepare and plan things. However, there's also this like forgotten moment of action, of decisiveness. And I think I'm very, when it comes to when it's necessary, I'm decisive and ready to move forward on certain goals and, and, and pass the talking phase. And I encourage and inspire others around me to do this exactly the same. So that's where I come from when it comes to um, providing what I what I uh, view as my leadership uh, assets to the team, as well as I'm very much uh, governed by my values. And so I share that with my team and ensure that we're always walking in that direction as in, like where our values align. Mm -hmm. And if you could maybe give me, I don't know, four or five of your key values that you hold near and dear to your heart, what would those be? Community, uh, the health of my community, I feel very much responsible for it, as well as um, inclusion, because we cannot, when I say inclusion, I, I mean, including everybody within society to ensure that, you know, we're building something together. Um, because at the end of the day, I feel like too often, you know, there's, like I said, isolated experiences, as well as just like, just a forgotten like groups of people marginalized, like what is the word marginalized you, groups of people. And I want to like ensure that those who are oft, too often excluded are included um, as well as justice, you know, uh, and sustainability. Those are just really important things to me because justice is, justice is love in action. I forget who said that quote, but it's really beautiful. And 
I, I really love it. I really love it because if we're, if we're talking about love, then let's show that revalue, and we're not like just sitting in like cognitive dissonance. We're really believing in what we're saying by showing that, and sustainability. Because if we, if you love life and you love community, you love all these different things. Like you, you have to ensure that it's sustainable. <laughs> you have to ensure that whether it's culturally or if we're talking about the planet and our environment, it's it's sustainable. And yeah, if you want me to go more into that, let me know. But no, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I'm interested actually in hearing about um, accountability. Mm-hmm. This, not, not just from you and your fellow CSU members, but from administration as well. What is your philosophy on accountability? Oh, I'm, I'm never scared to be annoying when it comes to accountability. Um, too often, power and um, power just goes unchecked. It's not, people are not held accountable for their actions, though, especially those who are governing over youth. Um, because the youth are often the scapegoats for problems and within groups and societies. Like if you look at the pandemic throughout the government, we've been scapegoated throughout this whole process for much of the blame and responsibility of like the structure of how, um, like the healthcare system has been because of the government, but yet somehow it's the youth's fault. And same thing within schools is that the, like, there's this like lack of like, um, institutional, uh memory so like there's this amnesia because we have cycles of students that go in and out of school and so at one point schools are like not held accountable for their actions i mean do they even listen to us are they hearing what we're saying do they value it or do they treat us like as clients but not even the clients that they have to listen to because i've seen some west Nile clients when when i used to work with them in my sales and you know we treat certain clients with a lot of respect and like you could lose your job if you disrespect one, even if you didn't mean to. But yet, I feel like within certain spaces, like we're treated as the clients who don't matter. And because I say that because the school is a kind of operate like a business, right? And if we're, if we're looking at it like that, then what is it? If we're not if we're not the product, we're the consumers. And if we're not the consumers, we're the product. So you have to treat us like we are we value and we matter. We're not just going to like roll over and die. And I the, the government not the government. Well, government is part of the school, but this, the school administration needs to be held accountable when they listen when they listen to the students, when they do things that affect the students' lives. They need to ensure that there is an, an active engagement within uh certain decision-making processes because if they don't do that, then People are just going to stop, like, they're not going to want to be students. They're not going to want to get involved. And I don't want, I don't want to see that. So, and I feel like the students, the, the, the dean and the administration wins when that happens. So I'll do to my best of power to ensure that when, when concerns are brought up to the CSU um, and issues that are revolving around the student body, uh, sorry, the CSU, that we're ensuring that those are those are being heard and followed up with and not forgotten. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I started this with I don't mind being annoying when it comes to accountability. I have um I have a follow-up question on that. So yeah. um the current CSU um they have dealt with like a lot of uh, uh the current CSU executive team, they've dealt with a lot of like uh, resistance and also like um uh, like you mentioned, like just straight up negligence from the administration when it came to their demands. Like there have been many instances where they 
they spoken and sat down with the administration and the administration was essentially like, we don't care. Like yeah. we're going to do what we want to do. Um, so I would say like, how would you like, what is, you mentioned that you had like, you wanted to take like um, serious action. So like, how would you um, deal with a situation where the administration is just not, continues to not listen to, to students? I feel like, you know, that and most, but most students don't. And that's the biggest issue. It's it's mobilization around these causes, ensuring that, you know, the community of students are involved in that. How is it that one voice, they could say no to one voice and they don't feel a type of way, but if a hundred voices are bothering them, if 10,000 voices are, 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 are complaining about it, every time they walk through those doors, that's a different power. That's a different response. They could easily say no and just walk, go get their, their Starbucks, go to their office, do their thing, go home to their kids. They don't care. So to ensure that they feel the power of the CSU, we have to ensure that people, then our students are involved more in the process and are mobilized around certain issues that they care about. And that's the only way that that, that power and that that the CSU is going to be respected and what they go for, because are we representing the students? Do they care about what we're going for? If not, then it's like, it's an easy throwaway. If you even look at, we know when it came to the divest campaign in the beginning, it was almost looking like it was going to be impossible, but they didn't let that go. They said, no, they did. They, they put a lot of, uh, financial monarchy, like, uh, sorry, jargon and meetings. And they were like, this is why it would never work. Pretty much just no, 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 no. But as soon as you got the student body involved in it and kept mo and mobilizing around this issue, there was real pushback and real like, okay, now we actually have to listen to them. And that's the thing. It's like, if you just go to a negotiation as a general without an army, are people going to listen to you? You know what I mean? Like these, we're, we're representing your causes. We're representing what you value and what you want and to see within your experience as a Concordia student. And I have to ensure that you're mobilized as well around those important issues. And that's the best way to hold the administration accountable. Um. Yeah, I guess I would, I would also follow up with um, you know, you mentioned how like communicating this to students is going to be crucial and having students mobilize. Um, how would you like and your executive team, what would be your plan in, in, in sort of doing that? What would be like the steps you'd take to create that uh, line of communication with students, uh, especially now that we're back in person? That's a great question. So I'm, I'm, I love the idea of like organically connecting with people in physical spaces. I think that's the best way to ensure people know your face, have the opportunity to reach out to you, ask you questions in a like informal way, but it could be formal too. Mm -hmm. um, but that is the best way for people to really get to develop a understanding of who you are, a sense of trust and commitment to your ideas as well as your plans. And so that's, that's a great way to connect. Um, I love the, the expression, um, even though it seems almost ironic, but when people are like, boss is like, my door is always open, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. But 
but I mean it. Like I want it. I want people to reach out. Not to say like I'm gonna be like. I'm going to. If you're just coming to talk about how your day went, like maybe I'm busy, <laughs> like, and you want to ask about my personal life and like what I want to do on the weekend. That's. I don't know if I have time for that. But like, if you want to talk about what the CSU is doing and how you could get involved and volunteer and and how your your cause your your feelings. Um, and like what you care about is represented and like we we want that because we are representing what you want how can we can't read your mind as my aunt loves to say it. so let's do that like we know what we want and review we're eight people out of what thirty two thousand students undergraduate students so that's that's that doesn't it's not a dictatorship you know <laughs> so it's like let's link it so that we're connecting, we're making like, I love meet and greets, you know, sign cassettes, you know, those kind of things are amazing. How That's the best way to democratize like the process of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to hearing what we can do better to, to ensure that there is that sense of connection, that sense of um, there's not a disconnect when we talk about mobilizing around these causes and issues. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to get back to what you mentioned about um, prioritizing marginalized students, um, how do you ensure that uh, marginalized student voices are heard and brought to attention? Because uh, there are a lot of cases where marginalized students either don't have access to certain resources or they you know, don't feel um, comfortable in speaking up or, or raising their voices. Um, so how would you create um, the, the line of connection with them? I'm happy you asked for that. My lived experience as as a marginalized group member and community group member as well as a student, um, and you know what I've been through, what I've needed, I I connect to those issues very easily. I in our in the CSU the past CSUs, there's always been this combativeness against certain issues like this, addressing them especially from administration. But I do this work for a living, you know, and it's something that I value the job getting done properly because there's a lot of talk around these issues. There's a lot of how we can get things done, but I, how we should get things done, but I'm very strongly committed, convicted in how I believe things should get done and the necessity of it. Not like maybe it should or shouldn't. So I really want to see steps moving forward. If there's and and it's not like concrete steps, not just okay, we could do that. We're gonna do that. Things like the BPO office. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing initiative. They need more support. Other groups like that need to be happening. Like there needs to be real representation for any real uh, resolutions to to really take effect and be sustained past a few years. You know, the university is not is gonna be here long after I've graduated. How can we ensure that integrity of those projects and those supports are happening past the time I'm gone? Because there's not always gonna be somebody who comes from a marginalized group or has lived experience as at risk youth facing adversity 
who's going to represent these, who's going to fill these positions. And it's to make sure that those who are in those positions are held accountable to those students as well. Because once they are, once those issues are represented on, on, on at the decision-making table, as well as in these spaces, that is when you solve issues for everyone. Because when you focus on the most vulnerable, those who need the most supports, it provides that for everyone. It's like a ripple effect. It's like the sidewalks. You know, they were first there for disabled people. Now you have runners, people with ba- babies, like who who pushing their kids around and people are just going on, just walking, doing whatever they can, but it helps everybody. So with that in mind, I want to ensure that we're connecting with those. I continue to connect with those who come from those groups so that it betters everyone. At the end of this mandate, what would be um, your, hopefully your biggest achievements or what do you see the vision of the CSU a year from now? You know, I honestly want CSU to be a place where people are not thinking like, oh, that's too much work. And it's not something I don't want to, it's not something I shouldn't do. It's like, I don't want to see a netter slate run uncontested. You know, I want people to encourage and be inspired to get involved in CSU, as well as like, yo, this is what the CSU did around to support these groups of students, you know, and this is the kind of programs they encourage. And there's like this whole new community life within Concordia that I'm actively involved in now. And I'm excited to actually put my two cents and get involved in the CSU, you know, and, you know, I talked about marginalized groups and I talked about building a mutual beneficial relationship between students and those groups, as well as the community at large, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see people have real students have real opportunities that they're taking advantage of as well as, um, as well as like, um, supports for those groups within Concordia. Um, and like, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, I'm, I want to really, I just want people to be inspired to, 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 to mobilize and, and to actually get involved and, um, and feel like they're, if I could leave it one thing, that what they value as students and their identity and their experience is represented in the CSU. That's what I would like to leave with. For all the other CSU interviews, visit CJLO News on Apple Podcast and Spotify.